Welcome to Barely Audible Whisper, a weekly NPR parody podcast in no way associated with NPR, brought to you in no part by the following parody sponsors. Major League Baseball. Teams of 25 players plus coaching staff traveling from state to state in the middle of a pandemic. Major League Baseball. Fly balls aren't the only thing the players are catching. American Pastimes. Combining our oldest pastime of baseball with our newest pastime of science denial to create the great American pastime of Americans being past their time. And America's COVID testing capacity. If you wanted timely access to a COVID-19 test, you should have learned how to play shortstop. I am Dave. And I am Molly. And our soothing voices are as infectious as hundreds of sunflower seeds being spit in an enclosed dugout. Our top story this week... The good news is that the NFL team, formerly known as the Washington Redskins, finally changed their offensive team name. The bad news is that they officially changed their name to the Washington football team, because incredibly stupid is better than incredibly offensive. Barely Audible Whisper spoke to Human Person, the creative genius behind the name Washington football team. My name is Human Person, and my family's proud tradition of naming things dates all the way back to the discovery of an island covered in ice, which we aptly named Iceland. Shortly thereafter, my ancestors discovered a different island with greenery that we named Greenland. Before traveling all the way to Canada, where we found new land, and we named that newfound land Newfoundland. Unfortunately, that bit couldn't sustain itself beyond the Newfoundland joke, so we spoke to the new mascot of the Washington football team, Mascot. I'm Mascot, the team mascot for the Washington football team. The old mascot was extremely offensive, so the only instruction that they gave me was, don't do anything offensive. So basically, I just wear nondescript clothing and clap politely. And since that bit can't sustain itself either, here's Abbott and Costello. Hey, Abbott! Yes, Costello. Did you hear that the Washington football team changed their name because their old name was a slur against Native Americans? What's wrong with slurring Native Americans? I meant slur Native Americans, as in the name was a Native American slur, not saying the word Native American with a slur. Native Americans. You shouldn't slur the word Native American like a drunk, because that's also a slur against Native Americans. I don't want to slur Native Americans, so I better stop slurring Native Americans. If slurring Native American is a Native American slur. Good thinking. When you realize that what you're doing is racist, you should stop doing it, which is why the Washington football team changed their name, because the Washington Redskins were horribly offensive. Yeah, let's face it, the defense wasn't much better. And speaking of slurs... Native American. The Washington football team changed their name to the Washington football team. What did the Washington football team change their name to? The Washington football team. Yes, we're talking about the Washington football team. But what did the Washington football team change their name to? The Washington football team. Right, there, the football team from Washington. But what's the name of the football team from Washington? The Washington football team. Washington has a football team. That's right. And the Washington football team has a name. Of course. So what's the name of the Washington football team? The Washington football team. Yes, the Washington football team changed their name. They used to be called the Native Americans. But what did they change the name to? The Washington football team. You mean to tell me that the Washington football team is actually going to be called the Washington football team? That's right. 
Why, that's the dumbest name since some imperialists found some new land and decided to name the new found land Newfoundland. Yeah. The CARES Act, which provided desperately needed COVID crisis relief for laid-off workers and small businesses, as well as funding for critical medical necessities such as COVID testing and PPE, is set to expire on July 31st. Despite the fact that the federal response to COVID has been such a miserable failure that America is still in the grips of an ever-growing national COVID crisis. The Democrats, led by House Speaker and reason old ladies shouldn't paint on their eyebrows, Nancy Pelosi, passed a House bill extending the CARES Act over a month ago. This bill extends the unemployment supplement, assists small businesses, and dramatically increases our capacity for testing and contact tracing. This bill tackles America's most obvious problems in the most obvious way. So instead of focusing on selling it to the American people, I'm going to focus on color coordinating my masks with my blazers and scarves. But Republicans, led by Senate Majority Leader and evil tortoise Mitch McConnell, didn't like the House bill because Republicans don't understand how government works. Our our philosophy of how government works is that government doesn't work. So as the government, we work hard to make sure that government doesn't work by not doing the work of governing, thus proving that government doesn't work. Despite their adamant opposition to the Democratic bill that was passed by the House over a month ago, Senate Republicans waited until July 20th to have a meeting where they realized that they didn't have an alternative proposal for extending emergency relief that expires on July 31st. Because Republicans don't understand how calendars work either. Uh, I'm not going to schedule a vote on a bill to extend relief that ends in July. Uh, until August, because tortoises are slow, uh, so we don't experience the end of July until the middle of August. The inability of Republicans to read a calendar came as a surprise to those of us who remembered the confirmation hearing of Supreme Court Justice and Kermit the Frog impersonating beer enthusiast Brett Kavanaugh. I like beer! in which Kavanaugh claimed that the absence of rape marked on a calendar that he inexplicably still had from the early 1980s somehow proved that he never raped anyone in the 1980s. It says on my calendar that I didn't rape anybody because I write everything I do on my calendar. So if it doesn't say rape women on my calendar, then I couldn't have raped any women because if I raped women, I would have written rape women on my calendar. The consequences to our economy and healthcare system if Senate Republicans fail to pass a CARE Act extension bill before it expires will be catastrophic. But since the Democrats are completely incapable of stressing the urgency of their own bill... I'm Joe Biden, and the less I say between now and Election Day, the better. And since Republicans are incapable of doing anything at all... Aw, we won't even wear a mask in a pandemic, (laughs) Barely audible whisper turned to Brett Kavanaugh in the desperate hope that he might be able to teach his fellow Republicans the concept of the calendar. If the CARES Act expires in July, 
and you have to pass an extension before the end of July because it says on my calendar that July has to end before August begins. Uh-huh. We don't like the Democrats' plan, um, but we didn't bother to come up with our own plan, so we're going to wait till August to come up with a plan, um, which by the time we get around to debating it and arguing about different versions with the house and uh before passing a predictable compromise that we could just as easily pass tomorrow uh 25 million currently unemployed americans won't see any relief money until at least september <laughs> no September is too far away on my calendar. If you look on my calendar for September, everything is written in pencil because September is so far away on my calendar that I can't be confident that anything I write in my calendar for September won't have to be erased. I'm Senator Marco Rubio, and I will be unveiling my plan to extend the CARES Act on the last Monday in July. No! That only leaves four days on the calendar. It says on my calendar that it took the House and the Senate three weeks to work out a compromise when you passed the first CARES Act, and three weeks on the calendar is longer than four days, and it says on my calendar that after four days it'll be August, which is after July on my calendar. I'm Georgia Senator Kelly Loeffler, and I've spent the entire month of July trying to win re-election by accusing Black Lives Matter of being communists and whining about the WNBA. But the calendar says that the election is in November, but July ends in August, so after you extend the thing that expires in July, you can red bait and dog whistle for three whole months on the calendar. I'm Arizona Senator Martha McSally, and I proposed legislation that would allow American citizens to get the coronavirus relief they so desperately need by suing China. No! Suing China is too confusing because the Chinese calendar has dragons on it. But the most reasonable way to get Americans relief money is to have them sue a hostile foreign country in an American federal court. No, because China would never pay, and there is no place on my calendar for never. I'm suing the WNBA for trying to fire me from their private organization just because I spent the entire month of July publicly trashing their organization. Uh, I'm holding up the entire Kazakh extension just so I can pass legislation that would make it impossible for workers who contract COVID uh, because they were forced to go back to work before it was safe to sue for just compensation. <laughs> I like that one. Every day on the calendar is a good day to screw poor people. Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms has been in a prolonged battle over mandating mask use with Georgia Governor and human embodiment of the patriarchy, Brian Kemp. And while the mayor and the governor battle it out like a bitter divorced couple, President Trump's relationship with the governor is beginning to look like a severely dysfunctional marriage. For at least the third time in less than a year, President Trump has publicly taken a stand against Kemp when Kemp really could have used his support. 
As always, our Trump impersonator is a woman, because we hear he hates that. Whether you like masks or not, they have an impact. Let me get this straight. I'm keeping all the Trump supporters in Georgia happy by following your lead and stopping Mayor Bottoms from mandating mask use. And now all of a sudden you're in favor of masks? Mr. President, I gotta be such a game changer. For more on this, we go to our dysfunctional relationships correspondent, Gary Gaslight. Hello, I'm Gary Gaslight, and I'm a terrible husband and father. It was confusing to me when Trump openly contradicted Kemp on masks this past week, right in the middle of his battle with Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. I want to mandate masks in public throughout Atlanta. As your governor, I say you can't do that. As mayor, I say I know what's better for my city than you. Uh, as governor, I say nuh-uh. And I'd just like to say it's shameful that you and the president refuse to lead by example and wear masks. President Trump and I are united in our shared belief that masks are an unnecessary- I have chosen this moment to hereby declare that masks have an impact. I will now wear a mask for a photo op so you know I'm for serious. Trump suddenly changing course and openly defying Kemp struck me as odd, and then I realized two things. First, he's done this to Kemp before, and second, it's the same thing I do to my wife. Now, Sequoia, your father and I discussed and agreed that you need to finish your chores and your homework before you can watch TV. My mom! Oh, hell, chores can wait. Come on, Westworld's on. We can watch it together. We agreed he can't watch that until he turns 12. He's 10, that's close enough. <laughs> oh, you're the best, Dad. See, my wife thought I'd back her up, but instead, I defied her. Trump also did this to Kemp when Georgia was the first state to reopen after the initial COVID shutdown. We must liberate the people. Enough of telling them it's unsafe to leave their homes just because it's unsafe to leave their homes. I'm proud to announce that we are reopening hair salons, bowling alleys, and tattoo parlors here in Georgia. It's too soon. It's too soon. Safety has to be predominant. I want Governor Kemp to do what he thinks is right, but I disagree bigly with him on what he's doing. That was remarkably similar to how I handled our last winter vacation. Oh, I want to learn how to ski! Hey, that sounds like a fun idea. I am 100% on board. Well then, I have great news. I just booked us a trip to Aspen. Oh, honey, I think that's a bit premature. There's a safer way to do things. Sequoia, don't you agree? It'd be scary to go all the way to big, scary mountains in Colorado before you even try scary skiing. Sometimes your mom just gets ahead of herself. Scary! Hey, I want you to do what you think is right, but I disagree with you. Uh, okay, Dad. Skiing does sound kind of scary. See? Somehow, even though I was the one shutting down the fun idea, I managed to make my wife look like the asshole. The question is, why do I do this? And why is Trump doing this to Kemp? The answer to both questions is, we're still both bitter over one time they dared to defy us in the past. I've made my decision about who will replace John Isaacson as Georgia's senator. I think you should pick Doug Collins. I appreciate your input, but legally it's my decision to make. But I'm the president 
and everyone should always do what I say. You wouldn't even be a governor if it weren't for me. You owe me this. Ladies and gentlemen, Senator Kelly Loeffler. You'll pay for this, Kim. I've made my decision. I think you should choose a normal masculine name, like Doug. I appreciate your opinion, but I'm the one who pushed a nine pound baby out of my vagina all by myself because you wouldn't cancel your golf trip. So as the only parent here legally, it's my decision to make. But I'm the patriarch and everyone should always do what I say. You wouldn't even have gotten pregnant if it weren't for me. You owe me this. Ladies and gentlemen, Sequoia Majesty Gaslight. You'll pay for this, wife. Oh no, I think we've got a bad connection. So I've spent the last 10 years undermining her at every turn. It keeps her off balance, uncertain, and that keeps me in control. I imagine that's Trump's endgame too. You see, my wife is smarter, better looking, and generally more likable than me. So if I don't keep trampling her, she and everyone else might start to realize she'd do a better job as the head of the household than me. I think Trump realizes the same. The 2020 Republican National Convention was originally scheduled to take place in Charlotte, North Carolina this year, but when the Democratic governor of North Carolina was unable to guarantee that there would not be social distancing restrictions at the convention due to concerns about coronavirus, President Trump pitched a fit. As always, our Trump impersonator is still a woman, because we hear he still hates that. What? Is it fair? I want a super bigly convention with thousands of people not wearing masks, screaming inside of a jam-packed indoor arena. And if North Carolina won't let me do it, then I'll move my convention to a dumber state with a Republican governor that cares more about satisfying my insane whims than keeping their citizens alive. Sadly, multiple governors were more than willing to sacrifice the lives of their citizens to satisfy the insane whims of our insane president. Fake news. I'm not insane. I aced the cognitive test. Nobody knows the difference between a giraffe and an elephant better than Trump. Brian Kemp, the governor of Barely Audible Whisper's home state of Georgia, was first to offer up his constituents as human sacrifices at the altar of Lord Trump. Pick me, pick me. I, I was the first governor to reopen my state too soon, which means out of all the governors, I reopened the too soonest. I like that guy. He uses the mostest, correctest, superlativeous superlatives, just like me, which makes him the mostest Trumpist. As mayor of the city of Atlanta, I will not allow you to endanger the lives of the good people of my city for your own personal aggrandizement. Ah, strong black women scare me. Next date. No. How about Florida, Mr. President? I publicly worship you more than any other governor, and Jacksonville has a Republican mayor. As the mayor of Jacksonville, I would be honored to host a completely maskless, in no way socially distant convention in a city that's in no way equipped to host such a large event, even under the best of circumstances. Yay! I get to do a giant ego-stroking speech. I'm totally going to kill. (laughs) 
At the time that Florida agreed to host the COVID convention, the state had just reopened, and Governor DeSantis was eager to declare victory too soon over his decision to reopen too soon. The experts predicted that our reopening would cause a spike in coronavirus cases in two to four weeks, <laughs> but it's been less time than that, and we haven't seen a spike in cases. So I guess the experts were wrong. No! Because it says on the calendar that two to four weeks is longer than less than two weeks. Why can't Republicans read calendars? When the number of coronavirus cases spiked as predicted by the calendar, Governor DeSantis was reluctant to admit that the obvious problem was actually a problem. The only reason that there's a spike in the coronavirus cases in Florida is that Florida is doing so great that the coronavirus wants to come to Florida. However, the dangers of attending a crowded indoor convention in a state with COVID rates rising even more rapidly than Joe Biden's lead in the polls were so obvious that multiple Republican lawmakers announced that they would not attend. I'm Senator Chuck Grassley, and I cannot attend such a dangerous event because I'm 85,000 years old, but I can't say that out loud. <laughs> the virus would actually be a convenient excuse for me to distance myself from an unpopular president, but I can't say that out loud either. <laughs> So what I'm just going to say is that I cannot attend the convention because I ordered some things from Amazon in February and they're finally due to arrive at the end of August. As concerns about COVID led to concerns about attendance, President Trump was forced to revise his plans. I hereby declare that I am moving the convention to an outdoor arena because nothing is more comfortable than cramming into an outdoor arena in Florida in August. We actually have two outdoor arenas that might be suitable. Um, which one do you want to use? Yes. Which one do you want to use? Yes. You have to make a decision. Uh, I hate decisions. But I need to know which one. Yes. With the convention a month away and no decision made on an arena, and no plan in place for stopping Florida's COVID outbreak, and the pile of scheduled arrivals of more and more Republican lawmakers' Amazon packages, President Trump was finally forced to cancel the Jacksonville portion of the Republican National Convention. <sighs> it isn't fair. Nobody has suffered worse effects from the China virus than Trump. <sighs> President Trump, who has been plagued with almost as much scandal as America has been plagued with plagues, has been caught breaking the law again. This week, President Trump got caught... Ooh, funneling contributions from his re-election campaign to his private businesses? That happened this week, too, but I was actually referring to a different recent scandal in which the president... Violated ethics rules by promoting the product of a private company whose CEO publicly supported his political efforts... He, he did that too, but this is a different scandal. 
in this scandal, President Trump... Oh, forced Michael Cohen back into prison in an effort to stop him from writing an anti-Trump tell-all book, just weeks after he commuted the prison sentence of Roger Stone as a reward for Stone's silence. He did that too, but I was actually referring to his compromising of American foreign policy by... Refusing to hold Russia accountable for putting a bounty on American soldiers? Trying to coerce Great Britain into relocating the British Open to one of his golf courses. For more on this story, Barely Audible Whisper turns to our Trump scandal correspondent, the ghost of Robin Leach. Hello, I'm Robin Leach. I died two years ago and nobody noticed. I tried to force England to move the British Open to one of my properties two years ago and nobody noticed either. For the third time, our Trump impersonator is a woman because of the rule of threes. As karmic punishment for having hosted the hit 80s TV show, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, which celebrated the callous decadence of unearned opulence that would pave the way for the presidency of Donald J. Trump, I'm doomed to report on Trump's scandals for a podcast with no money for all eternity. I've only been president for three and a half years, but it feels like an eternity. Yes, it does. According to the New York Times, President Trump ordered his hand-picked politically appointed British ambassador to abuse the power of the American government in an ill-fated effort to achieve personal gain. This is not a new scandal. This is exactly what Trump did in the Ukraine. Now, this is a different scandal. The ambassador tasked a career diplomat to do the president's bidding, and when the diplomat expressed ethical, legal, and national security concerns about misusing the power of American foreign policy for the president's personal gain, the diplomat was fired. Are you sure this is a different scandal? This sounds exactly like Ukraine. Unlike the Ukrainian scandal for which the president was impeached for subverting American foreign policy for purely political gains, this scandal is about the president subverting American foreign policy for purely financial gains. Ah, now I see the difference. It's subtle, but there is a difference. In this instance, President Trump used the power of the American presidency to drum up business for his failing golf course. This isn't a new scandal. This is exactly like the time he made Mike Pence and his entire security apparatus stay in his Trump golf resort in Ireland, even though the resort was 180 miles away from Dublin, where Pence was scheduled to meet with the Irish Prime Minister. Now, that scandal involved the president abusing his power to profit from his golf course in Ireland. In this scandal, Trump abused his power to profit off his golf course in Scotland. He already did that one too. He rerouted military planes to land in a small private airport in Scotland, which happens to be the main airport people used to get to his golf course. Because the airport was losing money, and if that airport went out of business, it would ruin his already failing golf course. Now, in this scandal, Trump abused his power to force people to go to his golf resort. It's the same in the other scandal. 
He forced the crew of the military plane to reroute to stay at his resort, despite the fact that the cost of staying there far exceeded their per diem travel allowance. So it cost US troops money out of their own pockets. In this completely different scandal, President Trump attempted to put pressure on the British government to relocate the incredibly famous and very profitable British Open PGA Golf Tournament to his golf course in Scotland. Is Hunter Biden involved in this scandal at all? Because this sounds very familiar. Indeed, this even more impeachable offense than the offense that the president has already been impeached for is so familiar that it has barely received any press coverage whatsoever because rather than being seen as the zenith of corruption in an administration so corrupt that this newest example of corruption is an amalgamation of three previous corruptions it's dismissed almost as casually as the fact that this same corrupt president is using a secret police force to illegally detain American citizens in Portland. The trick is to keep doing insane corrupt thing after insane corrupt thing until there's so much insane corruption that it breaks the spirit of the people into accepting the hopelessness of normalized insane corruption. My presidency is essentially the bastard love child of Joseph Stalin and Scrooge McDuck. DuckTales, woo! Everybody something, 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 something DuckTales, DuckTales. Woo. 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 As the Attorney General of the United States, I use the power invested in my evil jowls to protect the President from being prosecuted for his crimes. No, no, President Trump's other personal attorney and fixer. I'm Rudy Giuliani and I never investigated Hunter Biden in Ukraine! Of course I investigated Hunter Biden in Ukraine! No, President Trump's other personal attorney and fixer. I'm former Trump attorney and fixer Michael Cohen, a.k.a. Dumber Anthony Scaramucci. That's the one. Michael Cohen was originally sentenced to three years in prison for his involvement in the illegal hush money payments Trump ordered him to direct to Stormy Daniels. $130,000 for sex with Donald Trump. That's a rate of $100,000 a second. Cohen, who had been released to serve the rest of his prison sentence on house arrest earlier this year due to health concerns over coronavirus, was suddenly sent back to prison and solitary confinement after he refused to agree to not publish a tell-all book critical of the president. Begging the question, why would anyone read a book written by Michael Cohen? Doing bad things is bad. Trump did bad things. Trump is bad. But despite the questions of literary tastes that arise from reading a book written by a moron, I was bad because Trump is bad and he made me do bad things, which are bad. But now I'm good, but Trump is still bad. Trump bad, me good. The end. 
The fact that Cohen was seemingly imprisoned at the behest of the Justice Department in an effort to suppress his First Amendment rights to publish a book critical of the President of the United States is bad. Meanwhile, in Portland, Oregon. Welcome to Portland, home of the vegan food truck. So vegan, the truck itself is made out of 100% organic vegan faux truck material. Sustained peaceful protests by Black Lives Matter activists have been met by violence and unlawful arrest by the hands of an unidentified, vaguely military, federal police force. Black! You're under arrest. Why? I- I'm selling vegan black beans out of my vegan food truck made out of vegan faux truck substitute. Oh, never mind. And giving the proceeds to Black Lives Matter. You're back under arrest. For what? That's a secret. Who are you? That's a secret. So I'm being arrested on secret charges by the secret police? Of course not. There's no secret police in America. There's just a police that's a secret that makes arrests without filing charges, but it's not a secret police. How is this not a secret police? That's a secret. This is really... Bad. So to recap... I got arrested for writing a book. And I got arrested for not wanting black people to be murdered by the police. Which means Michael Cohen is actually a prescient literary genius for the succinct manner in which he powerfully encapsulated the current state of American politics. This is bad. Listening to Barely Audible Whisper made possible by the following people, writer, co-host, and producer Dave Baldwin, co-host Molly Brown, writer and actor Daniel Carter Brown, actors Emily Sams Brown, Michael Morgan, Ale Glanick, and Corey Burns. Please check out our website, barelyaudiblewhisper.com, where you can subscribe to us, or you can subscribe to us, and anywhere else to subscribe to your podcasts. We appreciate your support. No! Because it says on the calendar that two to four weeks is longer than less than two weeks. Why can't Republicans read calendars? Uh, Screwed up the word calendars. No! Hubris!